Hello and welcome to week two of our series, Real Christmas, where we're learning biblical principles from some of our favorite holiday movies. Last week, we talked through Home Alone, and this week, we're going to talk through one of my personal favorites, Christmas Vacation. I always say to people, if you don't think Christmas Vacation is funny, there's a good possibility that we can't even be friends. I mean, I think it's one of the funniest holiday movies, if not just one of the funniest movies of all times. I can watch it every single year and laugh like it's the very first time that I have watched it. I have to tell you, I've already watched it several times, even this holiday season, and we're just a few weeks into December. It's one of the 15 highest grossing holiday movies of all times. It has stood the test of time. And some other little tidbits for some of you uh, Christmas Vacation fans, I learned while preparing for this message some little trivia facts that I never knew. You remember the scene where Clark is in the attic and he is watching the childhood videos of himself growing up? The house that is his childhood home is actually the same house that was from the classic sitcom Bewitched. It's the same home. I thought that was pretty interesting. And then I thought this was interesting too, that uh, Aunt Bethany was the voice of Betty Boop and olive oil from Popeye. I thought that was pretty interesting that I didn't know that either. And then the best one of all is in the movie, there is a scene where a squirrel gets loose in the house. You remember that one? And the big dog chases the squirrel through the house and they tear the house apart. Well, the day of filming, they actually had a trained Hollywood squirrel that was supposed to be used for this scene. Well, the day that they go to film, the squirrel died. I mean, of all things, the squirrel died. So they had to use an average, ordinary, untrained, non-Hollywood squirrel, to which they said it was absolute chaos on the set, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. So I believe probably what we saw is exactly what was happening in that scene. It's an incredibly good movie. If for some reason you haven't seen the movie, it's about Clark Griswold and his family. Clark loves Christmas. Everything has to be over the top. Everything has to be bigger and brighter and better when it comes to Christmas. And in this holiday movie, his whole heart and desire is to have an incredible family Christmas. All of the family, the in-laws and and the outlaws, everybody's coming together to his house, and they're going to have an incredible traditional Christmas together. But one thing leads to another, and everything about his experience with Christmas is a great big disappointment. And so I think for many of us today, as we navigate this movie together, we're going to see that it's not unlike many of our circumstances standing here today in 2020, that what we thought was going to be an incredible year, uh, uh, 2020 is the year of of perfect vision, 2020 vision for many people, and, and you had high hopes and you had big dreams, and it's just been a disappointment one after another. But today we're going to learn how to navigate some of these disappointments through the lens of this movie and the character of Clark Griswold. And then we're going to see what the Bible tells us and his promises to us of how to navigate these difficult areas. And through the scenes that we will see, you're going to notice that maybe they're relevant to your life and maybe something that you're walking through together. Now, because we're watching this online, we can't present you the movie the way we do in person, so I invite you to join us at one of our campuses in person. We'll be able to watch the clips together, but today I'm going to do the best I can to carry you through these scenes, and my heart is so that today, maybe you're discouraged, maybe you're disappointed, maybe you're heavy-hearted, maybe you're burdened with something that God's Word would just speak to you today and that you would be encouraged because I believe that in the midst of everything, we can experience God's goodness 
God's great plan, God's mercy, His favor, and His love resting on your life. So today should be a day of encouragement. It should be a day of hope. It should be a day where you are renewed by the power of God's Word and His encouragement to you. So I want to pray for us today, even before we dive into the message so that God can speak to our hearts. So Father, I love you. I thank you for every one of my friends who are watching online, listening by a podcast. I just pray that in this moment you would be with them wherever they are. Speak to us through your word today. Encourage us and help us. In Jesus' name, amen. So I have four things today that I want to share with you. I think these are four categories of maybe things that you're dealing with and I know that I have dealt with in my year this year. And if you're a note taker, we've got some just blank space there for you. Grab a sheet of paper. You can write this down. Is the unavoidable. Maybe you're dealing this year with just the unavoidable. There are things that happen in life that are unavoidable, that I didn't do it, you didn't do it, I couldn't have, I couldn't have changed it, I couldn't have rearranged it, I could not have prevented it. There are just things that happen in life that are unavoidable. In the very first scene that we, we see with Christmas Vacation and Clark, is he's getting ready for Christmas. He's got his perfect Christmas tree. It's literally bigger than the house that he lives in. It will not even fit in the, in the room barely. But he's got to have the biggest and the best, and even that goes wrong. And then we see where he's talking to his wife, and they're talking about all the family coming together. And, and she's real nervous about the family coming, but... He's just talking about how good it's going to be. Like, it's, it's not a worry. And then he just tells her, hey, Christmas is about resolving differences and seeing through the petty problems of family life. And then everybody starts coming in the house, every different family member, and they're all coming in and they're sharing their aches and their pains and their problems and all of their issues, and they're barely even through the front door. And then there Clark stands with his wife, and he just says, well... I'll park the cars, check the luggage, and well, I'll be outside for the season. See, already what he thought was going to be magical, what he thought was going to be the absolute best Christmas moment, from the very beginning of them walking in the front doors, he's already discouraged. He's had to do everything on his own. He tackled the tree, and it was kind of a catastrophe, and now his wife's a little discouraged, and he's trying to carry the, you know, the positivity, and then now all the family comes in, and he begins to feel the real-life pressure. It's just unavoidable. You can't, you can't change it. The Bible actually talks about it as well. I want you to look at the Scripture with me. Scripture says in Luke 21, 34, it says, Be careful, or your hearts will be weighed down with carousing, drunkenness, and anxieties of life. And that day will close on you suddenly like a trap. Listen, it's difficult. These seasons can be, can be tough. They bring pains, and they bring problems, and they bring pressures. This time of year, especially during the holidays, depression rates go up. Suicide rates begin to climb. Search terms for things like depression and opioids and all of these things that we use for coping, they begin to increase because of our pressure is magnified during the holidays. Oftentimes, at this time of year, we focus more on the things that we don't have rather than the things that we do. We begin to think about all the things that are hurtful instead of the things that are blessings to our life. And Scripture gives us this warning and asks us to lean into this thought that we need to be careful or our hearts will be weighed down by all these anxieties and pressures of life. 
And if we allow ourselves to get in this mode of all the unavoidable things that happen, like a, like, a, like a swell of the ocean and the current begins to suck you out, the undertow drags you under and you weren't prepared for it, if we let the unavoidable things of life begin to suck us away, it comes to us just like a trap. It's waiting on you. The enemy knows that if he can throw as many unavoidable things at you to overwhelm you, he can get you just like a trap. So the Bible says, be careful. Don't let your heart be weighed down today in all of these unavoidable things that we're facing. Don't let your heart be weighed down by these problems and these pressures and all of the things that come along with these seasons of life, the unavoidable things that you have no control over. So how do we navigate it? What do we do about it? Well, luckily, the Bible gives us a little bit of wisdom. Look at it with me. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true, honorable, right, and pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Wow, so notice the difference in the context of Philippians 4 and 8 and Luke 21 and 34. Luke is giving us this, this warning about letting our hearts get overwhelmed by the cares and the anxieties, the pressures, the problems, the pains of life. And then the Bible gives us this little, this little reality check to say, hey, wait a second, where's your focus? Where's your intent? Where is all of your anticipation? Where is all of your uh, thoughts and your emotions and your feelings? Where's the focus on all of these things? Because he says, look, you need to fix your thoughts on what is true, on what is honorable, what is right, pure, lovely, and admirable. Think about these things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Now, the Bible says look at things that are true. Fix your eyes, fix your thoughts, fix your attention, fix your focus, fix your attitude on these things that are true. Now, I want to warn you about something today. It's just a reminder, you know this, but culture says something is true. Those people on your television, on your podcast, they say something is true. Your family says something is true. Your church says something is true. Your friends, your coworkers, every voice that is around you says something is true. It is vying for your attention. It is trying to get your loyalty. Everyone will tell you something is true. So how do you navigate and find absolute, non-subjective truth? You go to the Word of God that is the truth. It has stood the test of time. It is absolute, positively truth. And it is worthy of praise. When you begin to look for things that are admirable, that are pure, that are right, that are lovely, that is honest, that is excellent, it is the Word of God. And everything God says to you and everything God says about you is right and it is the truth. So when the unavoidable things of life is trying to weigh you down and get you caught in these anxieties and get you in the trap that unavoidable seasons of life brings to your life, you need to shift your focus, shift your attention, shift your direction, and focus on things that are absolutely true. It will help you get out of the trap 
or avoid the trap of the unavoidable things in your life. Just like Clark Griswold has suddenly found himself in unavoidable circumstances. He can't control the attitudes that walk in his house, the words that they speak, the things that they bring. He can't control it. It's just unavoidable. Today, you can't control it. You can only control your response to it. Today, fix your eyes on things that are true. And everything God says is exactly what is true. So we have unavoidable things. Maybe you identify with that. Maybe you're dealing with that. Number two, write this down, is the unlikable. Maybe you're dealing with this today. In the next scene that we watch, all the family is gathered around the table. They're about to have an incredible meal together. It is completely beautiful. The table is prepared. There is a turkey that has been fixed, and they are so excited about sharing this dinner together. They're so excited about this meal that has been prepared. And then they cut into the turkey only to find that the entire thing is ruined. It is no good. It has been completely cooked the wrong way. There is no meat on the bones, and everyone is disappointed. And there is Clark. I mean, he thought this was going to be a wonderful Christmas moment. He's going to share with his family, only to find out that that too has been ruined. And then we find out that it goes from bad to worse. His cat gets electrocuted in the Christmas tree. The cat is in the tree and it is nibbling on all the wires until it electrocutes itself. And not only does the cat electrocute itself, but it ruins a good chair in the process. And they move on past that and they think, well, it certainly couldn't get worse than this, only to find out that their Christmas tree is burned to the ground. Uncle Lewis has has caught it on fire. The whole tree has just been up in flames. And now not only has dinner been ruined, the cat has died, but now the Christmas tree that Clark was so excited about, had worked so hard for, that Christmas tree is ruined. Many of you may feel that way in this season of life, like everything around you has just burned to the ground. Everything has gone from bad all the way to worse. And then maybe you begin to lean into the people that's in your life. And you're looking for some encouragement, some support. You're looking for somebody that's got your back. They can lift you up when you're down. And maybe you receive some of the unlikable things from unlikable people that Clark did. Uncle Lewis said, so what's the matter with you? The Christmas tree is completely burned up. And then Art, he says, well, it was an ugly tree anyway. I mean, wow, it was an ugly tree anyway. And then, of course, Uncle Lewis, he's always going to have something good to say. He says, well, at least it's out of its misery. Look, let's be honest today. Some people are unlikable. They're unpleasable. And like circumstances and seasons of life, they're unavoidable. Now, I know that doesn't sound good to say, but some of you need to just say it and get it off of your chest. It's okay. We all have these people in our life. And if you think I'm being insensitive, well, look at what the Scripture says with me. Take a look at 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1-4. through 4. This is a tough portion of Scripture. It says, You should know this, Timothy, that in the last days there will be very difficult times. Well, I'm leaning into this because I feel like we're in some very difficult times. People will love only themselves and their money. See how many of these little descriptions that you can grab that you recognize maybe in some people in your life. People will only love themselves and their money. I think that's accurate. They will be boastful and proud, scoffing at God. Yeah, we see that. 
disobedient to their parents, ungrateful. They will, they will consider nothing sacred. Man, culture is really leaning into that one, isn't it? They will be unloving and unforgiving. They will slander others and have no self-control. They will be cruel. They will hate what is good. They will betray their friends, be reckless and puffed up with pride, and love pleasure rather than God. Wow. What a tough description, yet very accurate, of the things that we're seeing around us every single day. We're seeing it all in our culture. There is this, this shift that we see in relationships that are happening all around us. And it's caused most of us to think that we don't really need relationships in our life. We've become isolated. This year, because of restrictions and all the things that has navigated in this year, we have become so normalized in being isolated. Everything is done alone. Everything is done behind closed doors. We're not with people. We don't need people in our life, and we'll do it our own self, and I'll just take care of me and my little corner of the world. But no, we were designed for relationship. But relationships are difficult. They just are. And there are some unlikable circumstances in our life. The Bible just gave us such a tough description of people that we encounter. People that are only in it for themselves, their money, boastful, proud. They're disobedient. They're ungrateful. They're unloving, unforgiving. They're slanderous. They have no self-control. They're cruel. They are hateful. They're betraying. They are reckless. They're prideful. And they'd rather please themselves rather than please God. This is the Bible giving us descriptions of just tough, difficult relationships and people. Many of you, your stress from this time of year has come from people that are the closest to you. It's your family, the people that you live in close quarters with, that know you better than anyone else does, and you know them better than anyone else does, and relationships are just stressful. So how do we deal with these unlikable people? Like Clark Griswold standing with a house full of unlikable people, what do you do? Well, luckily, the Bible gives us wisdom again. Proverbs 21 and 31. I love this verse of Scripture. The horse is prepared for the day of battle, but the victory belongs to the Lord. Some of you are going, what does that mean? I'm not a horse, and you're not. I didn't call you a horse, so don't say it. But the principle here is, is that the horse is being prepared. It is being groomed. It is, being, uh, it is being put together for a day of battle. There is a day of battle coming. There are moments that you're going to have difficulty. You're going to have disagreements. You're going to have those problems. You're going to have those pains, and you're going to have those pressures. Some people are just unavoidable. They're just unlikable, and they're just unpleasable. But you have to prepare yourself for those moments. And you have to prepare yourself for those people. And God gives the victory. See, I do everything I can do so that God can do everything that I cannot do. And when I do everything that I can do, it gives God permission and possibility to do the things that He can do. See, because when you go into a conversation, when you get into those, um, those circumstances or situations, when you're at the table, when you're with the family, and it gets difficult, when you're facing those difficult relationships and those difficult people, you have to be prepared within yourself so that God can step in and do through you what you can't do through yourself. So you have to be prepared the best you can. How do you do it? Well, Romans 12, 21 says this, Don't let evil conquer you, 
but conquer evil by doing good. See, many of us in our own mind, in our own attitude, in our own thought process is, well, I'm going to repay evil with evil. I'm going to be rude to the rude people. I'm going to be bad to the bad people. I'll be sarcastic to the sarcastic people. We get it in our brain of how we're going to retaliate, how we're going to put up this wall of defense against these people that are in our life. When the Bible says the very opposite. How you prepare yourself so that God can do something in you because He's the one that brings the victory. So you don't get it in your mind and your heart, your motive, your attitude, your action that you are going to repay evil with evil. No, you repay evil with good. You are a representation of Jesus. Don't you know that Jesus had some unlikable people in his life? He just did. There's an old saying that says, it would be so much easier if it weren't for people. You've heard that probably. And my family would be so much easier if it weren't for these people. At work wouldn't be would be so much easier if it weren't for these people. My my sales team would be so much easier if it weren't for these people. Church would be so much easier if it weren't for the people. But what was Jesus all about? People. Jesus probably had those moments. Man, this would be so much easier if it weren't for these people. But the disciples are my people. This wouldn't be so this would be so much easier if it weren't for all these people. But I'm here to live and to sacrifice, give my life for people. So you and I must prepare ourselves for the unlikable people. How do you do it? You check your outlook and your attitude. Today, just stop, take inventory. Check your outlook and check your attitude. That's a good indication is if you, it, for knowing if you are prepared for the day of battle. Your outlook and your attitude is an indication of where you are going in this battle and the preparation that you have. And you can also set boundaries for the bullies that are in your life. I give you permission today to set boundaries for the bullies that are in your life. You don't have to be a punching bag. You don't have to be a pincushion. You don't have to do that. But you have to be prepared to be able to navigate difficult circumstances and unlikable people in the unavoidable places so that you can do it in a godly way. And I've got a few if you want to write these down. Is You need to always remember, the first thing I would say is speak truth in love. There are moments you just got to speak the truth. You got to tell those people what it is. Hey, you can't act this way. You can't treat me this way. You can't do this. I need to correct some things in our relationship. But you have to speak the truth in love. Scripture tells us to do that. So before you speak something, you need to know it's coming from the place in your heart out of love and not hate because you've already prepared yourself before you even entered in that conversation. I hope this is helpful. You need to guard your words. You don't have to say everything that comes to your mind. There are some words that we speak that are harmful, that are hurtful, and you know it's only going to make it worse later. It's going to only complicate the problem that you're already trying to navigate. So guard your words. Remember, it's not what you say always, but even how you say it. My wife teaches me that all the time. It's not what you said. It's just how you said it. Guard your words. Third thing I would tell you here is just don't gossip and don't slander. Don't get into that. Don't get into sitting around and talking about everybody. Don't get in the middle of, 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 of he said and she said and all of this and all of that. Just don't do it. Nothing good comes from it. Nothing good ever comes from the gossip and the slander of a place of hurt. That doesn't honor God and it doesn't honor people. And then the last thing I would tell you here is just accept the differences. Let's face it, we're all different. And thank God 
that I'm not like you and that you're not like me. We're all different people. That's what makes the world an incredible place. We're not going to see it the same. We're not going to feel the same about everything. We're not going to have the same outlook, and we're not going to have the same attitude. But I can accept you and love you for you if you can just accept me and love me for me. Let's have some grace with one another. But you can set boundaries for bullies that are in your life. You don't have to accept all of those things being done to you. So there's unavoidable things about life. And then there's the unlikable people in life. And then number three, I wrote this down, is, is the unbearable things of life. And this is where it gets really difficult because we reach moments where it becomes so overwhelming and so taxing that you just can't do it anymore. It's like this little switch just flips and you just feel like, I've hit my limit, I can't do it anymore. And the third scene that we watch in Christmas Vacation, that's where Clark is. He's standing in his bathroom, and he has a chainsaw. I mean, he's completely flipped out. His wife says, are you okay? He says, I'm fine, honey. I'm fine. Everything's okay. But he's a grown man standing in his bathroom with a chainsaw. I love the part where he goes to go down his staircase, and the top of the, the post at the top of the stairs has been loose, and he just takes that chainsaw, and he just cuts it right off the staircase, and he says, I fixed it. It's all better. It's done. In his mind at this moment, he says, I'm fine. I'm good. But everybody around him recognizes that he's not. Everybody around him recognizes that something just isn't right. Listen to what the Bible says. Psalm 6 and 6 says, I am worn out from sobbing. All night I flood my bed with weeping, drenching it with my tears. I've been in this place in my life where I just felt like I'd hit that I'd hit my limit. I'd kind of hit rock bottom. I couldn't do it anymore. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the ability. I didn't have the want to. I didn't have the desire to keep trying. Other people around me recognized that something wasn't right, that maybe I wasn't healthy, that I wasn't at my best, that maybe the unavoidable things and the unlikable people had just become unbearable, and I was at my end. I was at the wit's end. And maybe I was doing things or acting out in ways that just weren't healthy, weren't right, just like Clark, he's just kind of lost it with his chainsaw. But you can reach a place where it's just unbearable. But John 14 and 27 gives us an incredible promise. Jesus said, I'm leaving you with a gift. I love this. We give gifts at Christmas because we celebrate people, and it's a great way to show honor and love and appreciation. But Jesus says, I'm leaving you with a gift. He says, it's a gift, a peace of mind and heart. And the peace I give is a gift the world cannot give. So don't be troubled or afraid. Listen, today I know things can just be unbearable. I know you can reach a place where you just want to give up. You don't want to have faith in God. You don't want to have faith in people. You don't want to have faith in our country. You don't want to have faith in your health. You don't want to have faith in your future, in your family. Come on, I understand. It can just become unbearable. And maybe you feel like the psalmist that just says, hey, look, I'm just wore out. All I do is just try. and I'm just wore out. But Jesus said, I leave you with a gift. And a gift is free. A gift is given. It's just something that you have to receive. I'm giving you a gift, a peace of mind, and peace of heart. Listen, this is the beauty of it. I know that there's times where when you are in an unbearable place, that you look for peace of mind and peace of heart 
in pill bottles, in an alcohol container, in the refrigerator, in Amazon spending all of your money, with relationships that are unhealthy. You're searching to find that gift of peace of mind. And maybe today you're just wishing that could be wrapped and put under your tree this holiday season. Well, I'm here to tell you that Jesus said he left you a gift. All of those other things are counterfeit, but the only way to get it, the only way to receive it, is through Jesus Christ. So today, as Jesus said, don't be troubled and don't be afraid. I know there's been unavoidable circumstances. I know there's been unlikable people, and I know it's very unbearable today, but Jesus has left you with a gift, peace of mind and a peace of heart, so you don't have to be afraid. And then number four, the last thing I want to tell you today, write this down, is the unexplainable. In the end, we see that it all works out for Clark Griswold. There has been so many disappointing, unavoidable circumstances, unlikable people, unbearable moments of his life. But somehow, in the end, it's a little unexplainable, but it all worked out. He gets his moment. He has his opportunity to receive and experience an incredible Christmas with his family. It's absolutely amazing. But how does it happen? Sometimes it's just unexplainable. Today, I can't explain everything about God, but I can tell you God is good and God is faithful. Listen to what the scripture says. But the angel said to them, don't be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in this town of David, a Savior is born to you. He is the Messiah and He is the Lord. I can't explain all of it. We have some incredible theologians, very smart people that can give us the best they've got. We all have the scripture together and we have some details of the birth of Jesus. But hey, look, God is God. He's way beyond us. His wisdom and His ways are far magnified beyond what you and I can comprehend. But I do know that the unexplainable gift of Jesus that was given into this world, that was a Savior born to you and to me, available for all of us, this day I want to remind you that the very explainable things are temporary. But the unexplainable things of God will last for eternity. And today, maybe you've been embracing the explainable, but today I'm saying go for the unexplainable. Experience the joy of Christmas that only Jesus can bring. Today, maybe you're navigating a Christmas vacation life. You feel like you started out hoping for the best. But from there, it just got worse. There was so many unavoidable things, unlikable people, unbearable moments, and today you need this just unexplainable experience with Jesus. And today I want to encourage you that there's hope for your life. There's possibility for you. Jesus was given into this world for you. You can experience the ending the same way that Clark Griswold did, surrounded by a moment of peace and happiness and joy. Only this isn't fleeting this last for eternity. It's the gift of Jesus. 
And today I want to pray for you. Maybe you're watching or you're listening and you don't have a relationship with Jesus. Today is your day. Listen to me. Today is your day. This is your moment. Don't ignore it. Don't push past it. Don't let anything distract you right now. This is your moment. You have watched and you have listened to this time for this moment to say yes to Jesus. And I want to pray for you. And then I want to pray for the rest of us that maybe you're just overwhelmed in this season of life. Today, you have been um, a part of this online experience so that you could be reminded that God loves you and that He's still in control and He's still moving and He's still working on your behalf. So Father, I love you. Thank you, Jesus, for this moment today. Thank you for your word. I pray right now for any person watching or listening that does not have a relationship with you, I pray that today we would confess our sins. We've missed it. We've messed up. We've gone, uh, got our own way. We've gotten it wrong. But today, we center ourselves. We focus on this second to say, forgive me. God, I need your forgiveness. Jesus, I receive you. I choose you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for your forgiveness. Jesus, today, I give you my heart. I give you my life. God, I pray for all of my friends who are watching that are just overwhelmed by the stress and the pressures of life. Today, encourage them, strengthen them. God, I pray your best on their life, your favor to rest. I pray, that, pray for that peace of mind and that peace of heart. God, that they would receive that gift that you've given them today. And God, that they would be reminded that in the unexplainable, you sent your son into this world, a savior born for all of us. God, we love you. God, we honor you. We celebrate you today, Jesus, for everything that you're doing in this moment. In Jesus' name, amen.